0: This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for May 31st, 2019. In this episode, everything you wanted to know about software updates, but were afraid to ask. The Intego Mac Podcast is presented by Intego, makers of security and utility software exclusively for Apple products since 1997. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long.
1: So one of the things we talk about often on this podcast is the importance of updating your software. And just a couple of weeks ago, uh, if regular listeners remember, Apple updated everything that's macOS, iOS, tvOS, the HomePod. What else did they update? Um, they didn't update the AirPod firmware, but Apple is constantly updating software. And I wrote an article for the Intego Mac security blog called What Every Apple User Should Know About Software Updates. And we're going to take a deep dive into software updates today. If you're hearing this on the day we're releasing it, on the 31st of May, we're three days before the beginning of Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, and there may be some updates uh, next week as well. Um, Apple is constantly updating their software. For starters, there are two types of updates, aren't there? There are normal updates and there are security updates. And we always talk about security updates and the many dozens of fixes that there are. Um, I I know for you, Josh, the most important reason to update your Macs and your iOS devices is because of the security updates, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. That's one of the main reasons why I update my apps and, and update my operating system is because of security fixes. Um, especially for the operating system. Uh, Apps, sometimes there are some security updates, but usually they don't really tell you too much about it. It might just mention in passing that there are some uh, security fixes included, but uh, for the most part, the security updates are really in the operating system, and that's where it's really critical to make sure that you're installing those quickly.
1: Yeah, most third-party apps say, things like bug fixes and performance enhancements. And those could be security updates, those could be crashing bugs, those could be anything. So the importance of getting updates for the operating system, I think, is obvious. That, you know, you want your operating system to run smoothly. And it's not just security updates and bugs. It's maybe they've optimized the battery algorithm and your iPhone will last a little bit longer. Um, Maybe they've tweaked the way a certain feature works that... Predictive text is going to work more efficiently instead of, you know, when you're typing and you get all these funny words. And I never understand why. Sometimes, I, I often dictate into my iPhone um, for emails, and sometimes I get these words which are like proper nouns with capitals that I have never heard of or never spoken in my life. And, and given how much I dictate and the size of the database they must have, I don't know where they come up with these things. But there are always updates to everything. Um, there are always bugs. There are always bugs to be fixed. Let's start by talking about iOS. iOS is interesting because it's actually easier to get updates. There's only two ways to get updates. Um, The first one is from the App Store, where you get updates to third-party apps and some Apple apps as well now. And the second one is in Settings General Software Updates. Do you do automatic updates, Josh? Um, No.
2: And the reason for that is I like to know exactly what I'm installing before I install it. And also... I'm a little bit paranoid about, uh, you know, some every once in a while, an update will come out that causes problems for people who install it immediately. Uh, And and then, you know, usually within a day or so. There's enough buzz about it. You know, there will start to be you'll you'll, you'll see articles about it. It's not just going to be people, a few random isolated incidents on forums, because if enough people start talking about it, then it gets picked up by the, you know, the Apple press.
1: And sometimes even the main news sources, you know, the, the newspapers and the TV stations will even talk about these things.
2: If it's a serious enough issue, yeah, then even mainstream press will also pick up on it. So I do tend to wait usually a day before installing uh, operating system updates. Um But you do want to – there should be a good balance here because it is important to update them r- as quickly as you can – especially when there are known vulnerabilities. So, <clears throat> for example, when there was that, uh, the FaceTime issue um, where people were able to uh, spy on you, you know, just by, by calling you through FaceTime. Um, now, the way that Apple temporarily fixed that meant that you didn't necessarily need to install an operating system update right away.
1: Right. They fixed something on the server side.
2: Exactly. Sometimes, though, there are issues that really can only be fixed by fixing something on your on every user's device. And in those cases, um, the only way to stay protected is to actually update your device.
1: Yeah. Now, one of the problems with um, operating system updates is that they are often quite large. And if you're not home and you're on cellular data, you may not have enough data to download them. If you turn on automatic updates um, for the operating system, and I'll link to my article in the show notes as a screenshot, the updates will take place overnight after they've been downloaded. Um, so they're not generally going to try in the middle of the afternoon when you're at work or when you're on the subway to download the update and restart it. They're not generally going to try in the middle of the day when you're at work to download the update. You will get a notification before the updates are installed. If it happens overnight, your iPhone must be connected to a charger and connected to Wi-Fi. So it's pretty safe to do that. But of course, as you say, sometimes there are issues that, that brick devices. When a device is bricked, that means it has no purpose other than being a brick, and you can't start it up, or it'll start up and go into a loop, and you can't use it. We haven't seen that in a while, but wasn't there one a year or a year and a half ago that was really bad? And that literally an hour after the update was announced, I was seeing on Twitter, now, being that I'm in Europe, I don't see these things at the same time. So Apple updates at a certain time, like late in the day, and I'll see it in the morning when I look at my Twitter feed. So I'm looking through my Twitter feed and, oh, here's a new update. And people say, "Yeah, I'm downloading the update now. Oh, I downloaded the update. It's not working. Hey, everybody, don't download the update. And, you know, I'll see that through my Twitter feed over a couple of hours. Um, so as you say, it's a good idea to wait a little bit we haven't seen that often, but if you really need your device, uh, you depend on your iPhone for work or for your, I don't know, to 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 drive in your car because you're using maps or something. Um, it is a little bit risky to do these things um, if you're just about to go out, for example.
2: Right. Or if you've got some important thing that's coming up in the next few hours, not a good idea to start doing updates right then
1: but it is something
2: that you want to do to to schedule the same day if you can just to set aside some time later that day when you don't have anything going on for a few hours just in case it takes a while um uh, i notice actually with apple watch updates i i have a uh, a series 1 which is the second release of the Apple Watch. And it seems like it takes a very long time for operating system updates to install, even if it's a little patch.
1: Yeah, the the Apple Watch is a very special case. The Apple Watch has to be charged to at least 50% on the charger connected to Wi-Fi. But what happens is that update is downloaded with the iOS update. So you have to first update your phone to the latest version of iOS. And then you go to the Watch app, And then you can start downloading it to the watch. But the transfer to the watch takes place over Bluetooth. So it is quite slow. Now, I think Apple might have fixed this recently because the Apple Watch connects using both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. It's a a strange way that they do this. Um, But I think they've they've improved it recently so that the uh, updates can transfer from the phone to the watch over Wi-Fi. I know that in the early days of the Apple Watch, I would try putting music on my Apple Watch to listen to with you know, AirPods or whatever, and it was hopeless. It just took so long that you just have to leave it overnight if you're transferring gigabytes of files. Um, so that might be improved now, but of course, your watch might be too old to take advantage of that if it's a Series 1. Um, You should really get a new watch, Josh.
2: (laughs) Based on Apple's, uh, I mean, there's not really a pattern technically yet with the the Apple Watch, just because there's been one model that they've stopped releasing OS updates for, and that's the Series Zero, the very first Apple Watch.
1: Yeah, yours will be out of the update zone pretty soon, I think, maybe by this fall.
2: Right. I suspect that this fall um, they're not going to release any more OS updates. So watch OS 6, I'm guessing, is what they'll call it when that comes out. Uh, it's probably not going to support the Series 1, and then at that point, because I'm a security-conscious person, uh, I don't think I'm going to continue to use my Series 1. Yeah. I, I think I'll probably be forced to uh, to have to, to buy a newer model of Apple Watch at that
1: point. And we'll probably learn about that next week at the WWDC. They're going to be presenting the new... Well, they're going to give a preview of the new operating systems, and they'll be talking about Watch OS 6, and they'll probably mention Uh compatibility uh, next week. So you can start planning ahead for your Apple Watch Series 5 that you can get in the fall. (laughs) So the the one thing I wish that Apple had regarding updates um, was the ability to turn on automatic updates and have them run 24 hours after the update is released, because then you wouldn't have to worry too much about problematic updates, because... Generally, if something like that happens, it's within the first couple of hours that this is spotted. Social media forums, people start talking about it quickly, as you said, gets into the press. Uh, If you could just have a thing that says, you know, update it a day later, let me be safe, then I would almost trust automatic updates myself. Personally, what I tend to do is when there's an update for iOS, um, I back up my iPhone on my Mac to iTunes, and I generally do the update relatively quickly. But Never, like, right away, maybe an hour afterwards, just to make sure that, you know, none of my canaries in the coal mine, as I could call my friends on Twitter, um, have <laughs> encountered any problems with it.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's. I think that's that would make a lot of sense. I, I would like... Uh, Apple to, to do something like that, just to, to install after 24 hours or something like that. I, I, I kind of don't think that Apple's likely to do that, um, just because it sort of implies that, hey, there might be problems, so you know, good luck with this.
1: Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about software updates on the Mac. If you or
0: someone you know has got a new MacBook or iMac, or switched to the Mac from Windows, be sure to check out Intego's new Mac User Center. It's a one-stop collection of the things you'll need to know about using your Mac. Intego's new Mac User Center covers plenty of the basics to get you running smoothly and smartly in no time. Of course, one of the first steps you'll want to take is to install Mac security software from Intego to keep yourself protected. And right now, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get 50% savings on Intego software, including Mac Premium Bundle X9. Mac Premium Bundle X9 is a suite of terrific Intego software, that includes the antivirus, anti-phishing and anti-spyware protection of Intego Virus Barrier, home and hotspot firewall security from Intego Net Barrier, parental controls for peace of mind from Intego Content Barrier, and much more to help protect, secure and organize your Mac. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from intego.com today and then use the promo code PODCAST19 at checkout to save 50%. That's PODCAST19 to save 50% on complete Mac protection and security with Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego, devoted to protecting Apple products since 1997.
1: Visit Intego.com today. Okay, so in the first part of the show, we talked about iOS, and we talked about watchOS briefly. We didn't mention tvOS, and tvOS, you go into the settings on your Apple TV. And in most cases, I never do it. I just let it happen automatically. For the HomePod, you get updates, and they'll show up in the Home app if you have a HomePod set up. Uh, They'll go automatically as well, um, but you can do them manually. Uh, The last time the HomePod updated, since I can't really see where data is coming from and going to over my network, I don't know if it downloaded the update to one of my HomePods because I have two of them in a stereo pair if it downloaded to one and then just copied that across to the first one or downloaded it separately to both, I would think that they've got some sort of a caching system to allow one device to download it to not have to download it twice. We'll mention content caching in a minute because you can do that on the Mac. Um, So software updates on the Mac, pretty much similar to iOS now, you used to get your operating system updates in the Mac App Store, uh, but now you get them in system preferences in the software update pane. And for apps, you get those in the Mac App Store, whether they're third-party apps or Apple apps. I find this really convenient. And, and this is one of the big selling points of the Mac App Store, that you get all your updates, well, at least for all the apps you've bought from the Mac App Store, you get all your updates in one location. I have plenty of apps i bought from developers that aren't on the Mac App Store. And, you know, you launch an app, and if you have, the preference is set to check for updates. You'll get an alert and a dialogue, and you'll download it, and it'll come down. Um, but the Mac App Store does make this a lot simpler.
2: Yeah, it's interesting in your article, you you, you talk about how there is a, a really... There's kind of a big variety of ways that software updates can come to apps on Mac OS. As you mentioned, somewhere in the App Store, if, you've, if, if you bought an app or downloaded a free app from the Mac App Store, you update it there. That's simple, and that's what everyone is used to who also uses an iOS device. Um, where it can, can get kind of crazy is you have apps that automatically update themselves You have apps that uh, some of those apps will use a framework like uh, you mentioned. Sparkle is is a is a framework that developers can integrate into their apps to um, check for updates automatically uh, and offer to install them. Um, And then other apps have like a separate. Um, uh, Updater uh, Microsoft does this with Microsoft Office. Uh, Intego software actually updates through uh, an app that we call NetUpdate. And uh, the reason for that is because, um, you know, apps, well, antivirus software in particular, if if you want to be able to scan your whole operating system and have real-time scanning, as opposed to just like a one-time scan, you need to have uh, software that can do more than App Store apps are allowed to be able to do. Um, and so so certain apps like Virus Barrier um, uh, the uh, need more access, and so therefore they can't be updated through the Mac App Store or purchased through the Mac App Store. We do have a free scanner that you can download, and that's that will let you do one-time scans of your system.
1: And another thing about IntegoNet Update is it's downloading elements of software that may be shared across the various Intego right. apps. So you're not going to have to download each update for each app, but there are are bits that are going to be downloaded once that all the apps use. So you mentioned Microsoft Office, and I have an Office 365 subscription. Microsoft recently brought their apps to the Mac App Store. This dates back just a couple of months. And what I did is I deleted the ones that I had downloaded from Microsoft, and I downloaded the apps from the Mac App Store because I didn't have to worry about Microsoft auto-update. I would get a little notification, there's an update available for your Microsoft apps. And so I'd click it, it would open the auto updater. Very often it was an update to the auto update app. And it just got really annoying. And there was also the fact that I'd see all these updates that would be when the apps themselves are update, and they seem to be a lot larger than what they are in the Mac app store, at least the update part. And if anything, I'd rather have either the Mac app store to, to organize everything or individual apps that update with Sparkle or other updaters. But having an updater for other apps, with the exception of security apps, where it kind of makes sense, but having that separate updater for Microsoft is probably the only other standalone updater that I have or had for multiple apps. Um, So you may have apps, actually, that if they're subscription apps, um, I use Evernote, for example, to keep track of some of my notes, and you can download the app from Evernote itself, in which case you'll get updates directly for them, or you can get it in the Mac App Store and get the updates there. So I really prefer the Mac App Store because I can see everything that's available. Um Depending on what I'm working on, I may not want to update an app that's open right now, Um, so I don't have to do it. Now, just like on iOS, there are automatic update settings, and you can have the App Store um, update automatically. The problem is, again, if you're working on something, it's going to tell you you need to quit your app in order to update. You may not want to do that. I, I wouldn't be bothered. My, my bandwidth is kind of slow right now, and we're going to talk in a couple of weeks when I get fiber to the property. And I think when I do that, I'll put on automatic updates in the Mac App Store because then I won't even have to think about them anymore. But on the other hand, I kind of like to see what's being updated to know, OK, this app's being updated. So if there's a problem with it, Um, I'll know it could be the update. Okay, as far as the operating system is concerned, as I said earlier, you used to get these updates through the Mac App Store, and Apple changed it maybe with Mojave, or maybe a little bit earlier. So there's a software update pane of system preferences, and what you get there are operating system updates, iTunes updates, security updates, all of these system data files and security updates. i mentioned in last week's show the Safari technology preview, which is kind of the beta version of Safari. that's a bit ahead on uh, certain features, and you get that as well through the software update uh, pane. But that's about it. It's, it's essentially um, operating system and not much else. I, I don't do automatic updates of that. It's the same thing. In fact, I'm even more worried about updating my Mac than I am about updating my iOS devices. Um, I always clone my Mac before there's a major system update. In case something goes wrong, so I can get back to work. What's your attitude toward uh, system updates?
2: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm definitely of the same opinion. I'm. I'm as as I mentioned with iOS. I do the same thing with macOS. I, I have it check for updates automatically. I even have it download new updates when available. Um, it, when when you're in the system preferences and then software update section, like you were talking about, um, if you click on advanced, it gives you some additional checkboxes there. There's one for check for updates. I do that um or, or yeah, or I have it do it automatically for me, so that's checked, uh, and then there's download new updates when available. I also leave that checked and and I think uh in your screenshot in your article, you don 't have that one checked, and I'm kind of curious about that
1: no, I don't because i don't have the bandwidth right now to download you know a couple of gigabytes of a mac OS update when i'm potentially doing something where I need to use bandwidth. So I don't want it to happen Ah, automatically.
2: So that depending on, on your scenario, you may or may not want it to automatically download those updates. The reason I like it is, is because, um, then those updates will be ready once I'm actually ready to install them. I don't have to wait for, for it to also download. Um, and then, so here's, here's the one that, uh, we both are in, in, of the opinion that for us, we kind of feel like we'd rather wait. And so we don't check that third box uh, install macOS updates. Now, if you trust Apple, if you've never had any issues with installing macOS updates automatically on your machine, maybe you might want to check that. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a matter of personal preference, but if you choose not to check this, then you need to be personally responsible and diligent and make sure that you don't wait several days or longer before you install those updates. It's very important to update them as soon as you
1: can. If you've checked the check for updates box, you will get a notification when there are updates available. And the notification will ask if you want to download now or download later. And you can even set it to download and install overnight, which I think is quite practical. Um, But you do need to check. Uh, You know, we mentioned uh, earlier with iOS updates that have bricked iPhones. I've never, I can't remember ever having that problem with a Mac Mac. Uh, I do remember, however, even last year, there was a macOS update number 10.13 point something. And like two days later, they re-released another version of the same 10.13 point something without a different number. So there must have been some sort of issue that they fixed. This is my work. And if there's a problem with my Mac, I can't work. So I don't want to take the chance of updating something automatically. Now, I probably will do the download new updates when available when I get my faster internet. Because as you say then the updates are just waiting, and you just click a button to finally install them. Um, but I don't want to do that now. Okay, so if you do check download new updates when available, you can also check install app updates from the App Store, and that would automatically install updates that are downloaded to the Mac App Store when they're available. But you can also do this in the Mac App Store apps preferences. You have an option for automatic updates and automatically download apps purchased on other Mac computers. So if you have multiple Macs, um, you can buy an app on one and know that the app's going to be downloaded on the other. Um, and the final and the most important that we we recommend everyone check is install system data files and security updates.
2: Right, Th- this is an important one because it one of the things that it gives you is updates like XProtect, which we've mentioned before, uh, Apple's sort of rudimentary bad download blocker uh, that's built into the operating system. Every once in a while, uh, Apple will add new signatures um, to you know so that. In theory, even if you don't have antivirus software installed, you might uh, get some a warning. Uh, you might get a warning telling you that, hey, that thing you just downloaded might be malicious, and you might not want to actually install that. Um, in, in practice, it doesn't work very well. But there are some other security updates that you might get besides X-Protect updates through this feature. I'm not 100% sure but I seem to remember that back when the i am root vulnerability was discovered that Apple actually forced a an update and I think they did it through this methodology where if you had that checkbox checked uh installed system data files and security updates that it actually pushed an update to to Macs uh, that had that checked off. So in some cases, um, pretty rare, but they may actually even push really, really critical urgent security updates out to to max through through that methodology. So do keep that checked. That's very important.
1: Yeah. And we've never seen one of these updates pushed out that required a restart. Um, It's generally files that to just get installed in the background. So uh, th- it could actually happen that they would release an update that would require a restart and you'll be warned. You won't, you know, your Mac won't restart on its own. Um, and just before we finish, I want to talk about content caching. And this is something that was in Mac OS server for a while and is now in the standard Mac OS. If you have multiple Macs or iOS devices or Apple devices, or even Apple TVs, um, if you go into the system preferences, sharing and check content caching, you can tell one of your Macs to keep copies of any content that's downloaded from iCloud, from the App Store, from the Mac App Store. And this even includes, for example, um, if you've uh, got a movie that you've purchased and you've streamed it on your Apple TV, and someone in your family wants to stream it on their iPad, they'll be able to use the copy that you've downloaded from your computer that's keeping this content cache instead of re-downloading it, using up your bandwidth, and particularly if you have a bandwidth cap, um, this is really useful. Now, one thing that doesn't help is if you have, say, two different iPhones and two different iPads, each of those updates is very different. But if you have two versions of exactly the same iPhone, then one of them will get updated, cached, and then the second one will get the update from the cache. You don't even have to configure anything. Your Macs will all know to check this computer um, to see if there's any cached content. So it's a really good idea to turn this on if you have multiple Apple devices or even, as I said, if you're downloading um, films to different um, Apple devices to watch because, you know, films can be quite large.
2: Right. Definitely a useful feature. I, I kind of feel like this feature works better for um, a desktop computer that especially if it's left on all, all the time. Um, you know, if, if you've got an iMac that, that you leave on, uh, definitely you might as well turn on content caching because uh, it, it will help, especially if you've got multiple devices that are all running the same operating system. Uh, it, it can definitely help uh, to reduce some of your, your bandwidth.
1: OK, I think that's enough about software updates. Next week, we're going to talk about what's new at Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. And until then, Josh, stay secure. All right, stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast,
0: the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com.